Hey, baby family and friends, welcome back to the Weekend Wednesday podcast, the podcast that brings the weekend worship into your midweek. My name is Minsu Kang, and I'm your host for this week's episode. Before we jump into the episode, I'm curious to know what are you doing while listening to this podcast? Are you cleaning, getting groceries, taking a break from homework? Whatever it is, thank you so much for listening in and bringing Jesus into your midweek. I hope that you were able to feel a deeper connection with God this week. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. We left off last week's episode with Vashti being dethroned from her position as queen. And as I mentioned, this was a major pivotal event in the book of Esther, one that began to usher in the will of God. It would be easy to overlook this event, but we will soon discover that God's fingerprints were all over it. As you've been reflecting on your life this past week, were you able to identify a time, past or present, where God felt absent? Or a time where a certain event took place, but the reasons behind it are not yet revealed? What emotions were coming up for you during your time of prayer? If you were in the process of praying about identifying a time in your life where you wanted to see the fingerprints of God in, Did God answer those prayers? Were you able to grab hold of something? If you submitted your prayer requests, know that Bayview Glen has been praying for you throughout this last week. Keep sending those prayer requests in at bayviewglen.org slash prayer as we keep these episodes going. Let's continue on to chapter 2 of the book of Esther and see how God was working behind the scenes. In Esther chapter 2, King Xerxes is on the hunt to find a new queen for himself. Like the Cinderella story, King Xerxes dispatches his officials across his empire to find himself some potentials. These officials from Xerxes' empire bring all their eligible bachelorettes into the harem of Susa, and in the bunch, we are introduced to one of our main characters, Esther. Esther is described as a beautiful orphan who was raised by her cousin Mordecai another one of our main characters. Both Mordecai and Esther are of Jewish heritage, but that is kept a secret, as the surrounding culture around them aren't too friendly to the Jewish people, racist even. We meet Esther here in a beauty pageant of sorts, waiting to see if she will win the competition. By the end of the chapter, we see that the search ends with Esther. King Xerxes puts a crown on her head, and she is placed on the throne as the new queen. Isn't it ironic that a society that loads the Israelites unknowingly places one of them as one of their supreme leaders? Is ironic the right word for this? Or was it more of a display of God's sovereign fingerprints? As you were reading the second chapter of Esther, were you able to see the movements of God even though he wasn't mentioned? How was he moving events, emotions, and the hearts of people for the furthering of his will? In Esther chapter 2, I was able to see God's fingerprints in two instances. The first display of God's fingerprints was the favor that Esther won with Haggai, who oversaw the harem. One doesn't seem like the right word. God caused the eyes of Haggai to look on Esther with favor. I'm sure you've experienced what it feels like to look on someone with favor before. Your heart is moved to care for them, and you have their best interests in mind. 
because of that favor, Esther was given female attendance, a private suite, special beauty treatments, and special food. This obviously would have placed her in a privileged state over the other girls, who were basically using drugstore makeup and eating fast food. This put Esther in the lead by a landslide. In addition to winning the favor of Haggai, Esther also won the favor and attraction of King Xerxes. This favor and attraction caused the king to choose Esther above all other options as queen. And there were many virgins in this competition. Think about it. Even if there was one representative from every province, that's 126 others Esther was competing against. And to be chosen from all of them, some would call that luck, but I would call it sovereignty. Another display of God's fingerprints was after Esther was made queen. We read about Mordecai sitting by the king's gate, minding his own business. As he was there, he overheard two of the king's officials planning a coup against King Xerxes. They were not pleased with the king, and they were looking to assassinate him. Mordecai takes this information and tells Esther, who then informs King Xerxes. When this plan checks out, the king's life is saved, and his two officials are executed. After Esther gives the credit to Mordecai for saving the king's life, he isn't rewarded, but this event is recorded in the historical records of the empire. Was Mordecai just in the right place at the right time? Can we say that he was lucky to have been where he was? Did the universe just guide him there? Sure, you could ascribe these events to a force such as chance or luck. But rather than being an impersonal force, what if these events were caused to occur by the hand of a loving and caring God? As a side note, we'll come back to this historical keeping event in a later episode. But for now, know that this was a major foreshadow for future events. You know in movies where there's a seemingly random shot of an object that ends up being a detail that solves a murder? Well, this is like one of those times. This event is written on a scroll, rolled up, and tucked away. And we will see its effects in the movement of God's plan. As you look through the moments in Esther's life thus far, are you able to see, even if seemingly small, that God is present and up to something? He is the one changing events, hearts, and emotions. And this is true for your life as well. Even in seemingly quiet ways, God is working. It's easy for us to think that the purpose of what we're doing here is to make you think about the brighter side of things, or to be grateful for having, for example, a roof over your head or food on your table. I can just hear an older adult say, well, it could always be worse, at least you have blank. The book of Esther is not a story of the Israelites thinking through all the ways that they were blessed and to ignore the things that they're struggling with. That's not the purpose here. That would not allow us to actually see God in our stories. That would be more like diverting our eyes away from seeing his supernatural ways and thinking that general blessings are God's fingerprints. As I reflect on these seemingly small events in Esther, I can't help but to believe that God causes things to happen in the background that may not be anything big now, but play a major role in the future events of our lives. 
In my earlier season of living in Vancouver, I was introduced to someone named Jordan. Because Jordan and I had mutual friends, I often saw him at social gatherings, but we were very much acquaintances. We had the same sense of humor, and so we would often just giggle together and not speak about anything deep. But there was one key moment in our friendship over lunch where I saw a deeper side of Jordan and I felt a sense of safety with him. That glimpse opened me up to the idea that I can share more than just a joke with him. But that depth of sharing life together would not happen until my last few years in Vancouver, when my loneliness was at its peak. Through God's movements, I decided in early 2020 that I no longer enjoyed living alone in my basement apartment and that it was time to live with other Christians. That desire was not my own choice because it would have been so easy and comfortable to live alone, come and go as I please, remain in my emotions, eat whatever I wanted, etc. But instead, I decided to move into a Christian community home with, get this, seven other people. If that's not evidence of God's movement, I don't know what is. And one of those roommates ended up being Jordan, who just happened to be looking for a new housing situation. It was a slow development, but Jordan and I deeply shared life together in the two years he was my roommate. There were key questions and wrestlings that Jordan walked with me in, ones that I will share about in later episodes. But reflecting on my life from 2020 to 2022, I can confidently say that God was orchestrating emotions and events in my life. Though not an event surrounded by fireworks, Jordan's friendship was, and continues to be, an evidence of God's fingerprints. I could have interpreted that entire season as loneliness and pain, but God used Jordan's friendship to see that season differently. When you and I reflect back, or are in a present-day situation that is difficult and seemingly devoid of God, sometimes the pain blinds us to the ability to see God around us. Why? Because we're overwhelmed. And so maybe we're hoping to see large and miraculous events instead of being open to seeing smaller ones. Maybe we just want deliverance instead of being open to a process. This week, I want to encourage you to be open to how God has been present to you, past or present, in small ways. Who are the Mordecais in your life? Who has God blessed you with? to walk through a season of life? How has God used them in your life to reveal himself? I encourage you to call or text that person this week and thank them for a small way that they have been used by God. If this person is someone that is currently walking with you through a season of your life, initiate a desire to want to connect more this week. We are told in Esther that Mordecai cared for the well-being of Esther parenting her when she was orphaned, and watching out for her while she was competing for the crown. And if you're in a season where you would like to be connected with a community of believers who can encourage you in a tough season, can be your Mordecai's, we encourage you to join a life group. Life groups at Bayview are just one of the ways to grow in faith together and bear each other's burdens. You can find more info in our show notes. Another way to be mindful of God's fingerprints this week is to see how he has shifted certain things in your life. 
How has God caused you to be in a different place from where you were before? Physically, emotionally, spiritually, even a small shift. Moving back to Toronto for me is an example of this movement. If you're a visual person, a graph may help. Plotting out the major events of your life on a timeline can help you to see where God has been present to you. And if God was present then, isn't it likely he's present to you now? All right, Bayview community, that's it for me. Thank you for taking the time in your week to tune in. I pray that you are impacted as you engage in God's word together, and I look forward to diving even deeper into what God is doing with all of you. See you next week on Weekend Wednesday.